last word on health on Today FM. With Yakult Light, enriched with vitamins D and E. We're going to have now the last word on health with Dr. Lona Duffy because let's talk about the impact on health of high temperatures. Uh, Ilona, thank you very much for joining us. So, first of all, who's at risk of heat exhaustion and heat stroke in particular? Well, Matt, the two groups of people who are most at risk are our elderly and and the babies and toddlers. So elderly, first of all, people might be surprised with that um, because you kind of think, well, you know, and when you're kind of getting too hot and you'll do something about it. But as we get older, a few things happen. Sometimes our temperature regulation isn't as good, our body managing high temperatures. And second of all, we don't always recognize when we're getting dehydrated. So your thirst is one of the senses that declines and fades as we get older. So that's why older people are more prone to getting dehydrated. Obviously, babies can't necessarily talk and tell us that they're feeling unwell and getting dehydrated. And also, they have a higher surface area. So when they get hot and they sweat, they lose and um, they lose fluid much more quickly. So again, and they get becoming dehydrated is one of the big things. Other groups would be those with other illnesses, such as chronic illness, chronic kidney disease, those with diabetes, and um, those who are very underweight, and certain medications, such obviously the people who are on diuretics, will also be at high risk. And finally, those who are healthy who tend to exercise a lot during hot weather. Can I add another one possibly to you? What about if you decide uh, to treat your thirst with a few beers? Could you be at risk the following day from the dehydration of a hangover? You're absolutely right there. And excess alcohol, as we know, it can lead to dehydration because there is a diuretic effect in alcohol. So anyone who's drinking knows that they will tend to pass more urine. And unfortunately, while you might be thinking, especially if you're drinking beer, well, I'm getting lots of fluid in, you're not necessarily making up uh, the amount of fluid you're losing with the same amount coming in, which is why the following day, lots of people find themselves more thirsty and it can be one of the reasons for a hangover, that headache because of that dehydration. So definitely having a few beers or having the wine in the Prosecco in the hot weather does leave you more prone to the effects of the heat and dehydration. Okay, just explain what heat exhaustion is and what it does to the body. Okay, so heat exhaustion is the precursor to heat stroke and heat stroke is a really critical um, thing if you have it. So heat exhaustion, I suppose, really most of us would have had at times maybe we've taken too much sun, we start getting that headache, we're feeling a little bit overheated, we're sweating profusely. We may be aware that um, kind of we're feeling a bit weak and dizzy and often that's related to your blood pressure dropping a bit and you may also note that your pulse is up and some people start noticing that they're getting cramps. That tends to be as a result of all the over-sweating, cramps in their legs or their muscles and even abdominal pain and abdominal cramps, often leading to vomiting and diarrhoea, which again adds to that dehydration effect. So they would tend to be the main things, but I suppose the excess sweating being the first one, then the thirst and also then finding that weakness developing. Okay. How do you treat heat exhaustion? Well, you get rid of the heat. So the first thing is go into a cool place and try cooling yourself down. Now, our body naturally, why do we sweat? People often say, well, why do I sweat? And the reason you sweat is it's your body's cooling mechanism because most of you will have realized even with younger children often in the past, you might have put a fan on them so um, to bring down their temperatures. And similarly, if you're feeling really hot, go into the cool place, kind of strip down your clothes so that the sweat that's on your skin or if you're not sweating that much, even spray yourself a bit of water and go under a light fan. You don't have the fan blowing too fast or go somewhere that you can create a breeze. And that will naturally help you lose heat through your skin. And that's our best way of getting our heat under control. And um, Push the fluids, make sure you're not getting dehydrated and have a thermometer if you can to check your own temperature because that's probably the big thing that we know that if it's getting out of control and moving from heat exhaustion and overheating to heat stroke is when you can't 
contain your temperature and you can't control your temperature. So move in out of the sun, move indoors a lot of the time. Might you be better off indoors than outdoors? Um, you'd be be- well, suppose we're talking about if it's really hot, it usually means the sun is out and it's going to be hotter outside. So we would hope that indoors, most indoors building would probably be a bit cooler. They'll tend to heat up as the day goes on and the heat builds up through the bricks and everything and through the glass. But initially in that kind of middle of the day scenario, it's usually cooler inside than outside. And it's probably easier to create that kind of breeze and that draft for you. And many of us have fans at home, so even being able to turn on that. So that's why I'd suggest going indoors getting away from that hot sun. Okay, but move from heat exhaustion to sunstroke and heat stroke. Now, what exactly, what's the difference? Well, they're both the same, except that sunstroke is heat stroke that's been caused by excess sun. So you can get heat stroke for other ways, being in an overheated room or whatever. And so sunstroke is just when you become overheated. And I suppose it counts as a medical emergency. And we really don't see that much of it. Even in the UK, with a much bigger population, they would have 2,000 deaths a year, which they count as small, but still a lot of people whose deaths could have been prevented, and they would say that directly as a result of overheating and heat stroke. So for us, I mean, we tend to have milder temperatures. We don't tend to see the heat that will create that sunstroke. But again, we are facing into probably the hottest day of the year in the next coming days, early next week. So again, we've got to be aware that those who are at risk may be, may be prone to this. But what's the big thing with it? I suppose people will have initially felt unwell. They've hopefully tried to get themselves out of the heat. But that's where the thermometer is so important. And during COVID, we've talked about this before, that it's so important to have a thermometer in your house. If somebody can't control the temperature and if their temperature starts to reach 40 degrees and over, this is now heat stroke and this is now a life-threatening condition and they really need hospital. They need to be cooled down fast. They need to be rehydrated. And generally speaking, if they're that unwell, they probably aren't fit to even drink. They may be nauseated, they may be vomiting and they'll need to go up on a drip. So I suppose, again, the importance that if somebody isn't improving, you feel you've tried things to cool them down, they're not getting any better, they seem to be getting confused, dizzy, not able to sit up, not able to drink any fluids, that's when you'd immediately seek urgent, uh, urgent medical care. A few times last year, the temperature at night time didn't drop below 20 degrees, making it very, very difficult for many people to sleep. And how serious can it be if you have a situation? Obviously, it's nothing like the temperatures you've just talked about. But if the temperature does not drop below 20 degrees at night time. Well, I think the main people who will probably be affected by that are going to be those who are more at risk of dehydration because obviously if the temperature's up, we're sweating off, we're losing fluids. So what can you do to do that? I think if you have a baby, you make sure that their nappies are continuing to be as wet as they were because one of the signs of dehydration is that our urine drops, our urine output drops, and what we are passing is more concentrated. So that can be a good sign for an older person or a younger person and even yourself being aware of that. And um, So that, I suppose that's the big thing, up the fluids, make sure you're making up for that. Um, babies and adults, again, as we talk, and older people we talked about, they're the, those who are most at risk of dehydration. And, and again, I suppose that sweating maybe overnight that they might be doing a bit more. It really is going to be more about replacing those fluids rather than worrying too much about the temperature not dropping below 20 degrees. Thank you very much, Dr. Lona Duffy, for joining us on The Last Word in Health. The Last Word on Health on Today FM. With Yakult. Bacteria scientifically proven to reach the good alive.